0: Meaningless thought The shell is strong But the inside is right. It's time to be stirred The time is now The winds have changed Read the signs No time to hide The winds have changed
1: Millennia ago From the little cave on the tiny island of Podmos in the Aegean Sea, the heavens opened. Since then, the world has been fascinated by the cosmic upheaval brewing on the horizon of history. The upheaval is now upon us. It is within us. To some degree, it always has been. But there has been a sudden and violent shift in the affairs of the world. The winds have changed. Heaven will not be silent. Let's now join Father Anthony Bush, pastor of St. Stanislaus Koska, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy in Chicago, and
2: author of A Mother's Plea, For the Winds Have Changed. Together we can pave the way for a hopeful response to the signs of our times.
1: Hello and welcome to the Winds of Change. David Carollo sitting in today for Father Anthony and... um a spring day. We're working. We're working towards uh, May and into our beautiful summer months. So uh, let's uh, start today. We're into Easter season. So let's start with the Regina Caeli, if we can. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Queen of Heaven, rejoice, Alleluia! For He whom you did merit to bear, Alleluia, has risen as He said, Alleluia. Pray for us to God, Alleluia. Rejoice and be glad. Let us pray, O God, who gave joy to the world through the resurrection of Thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, grant we beseech Thee that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, His mother, we may obtain the joys of everlasting life through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. So again, welcome. David Carollo sitting in today for Father Anthony, as I'm always happy to do. Uh, I am, of course, the um, Executive Director of the World Apostle of Fatima, Our Lady's Blue Army, and um, I was uh, just we're in again, a very busy season coming up to the Fatima season, which of course in May, although the whole year is the Fatima season, as we like to say. I uh, wanted to um, just kind of uh, looking around at the world and it is a very interesting time to be alive, I guess is the only way to look at it. I was uh, you know, every time I watch the news, uh, you know, it's, it's like we, ha- we have to be more and more like the early Christians. One thing that really stayed with me at Mass this morning was uh, the first reading, that reading from the Acts of the Apostles. When the apostles were brought before the Sanhedrin and the high priest questioned them, you know, and uh, they gave them orders, you know, to stop preaching in that name, in the name of Christ. Their response is what our response must be today we must obey God rather than men. And that's where we are, as Catholics, as Christians in this world today, because as you look around, every day the attacks against Christianity are accelerating in this country and around the world. Uh, We need to look at those who who predicted these days, of course, and we will in this show today talk about one person in particular who uh, really did predict all of that, but but going back all the way to the apostles, how they, you know, they came and, and, and... Christ gave them the mission, and after their doubting and after the, the difficulties that they all suffered around the time of the crucifixion, now they were really determined that they had to go and do their mission. Um, I want to speak a little bit today about about a very special saint. His feast day is next week, actually Friday the 28th. But I just want to I wanted to discuss, because it, it very much, uh, St. Louis de Montfort is, is who I want to talk about. He is a very special saint, a Marian saint who... Um, Wrote so many classics about Our Lady and the Rosary, and of course his main classic is the uh, True Devotion to Our Lady. Uh, he was born in 1673 in Montfort de la Con in Brittany, in France. You know, ordained a priest in 1700 at the age of 27, and he wanted to be a missionary in Canada. He wanted to take you know to come to um, come to the New World, but he was advised to remain in France. And he traveled from diocese to diocese, instructing people and preaching, helping the poor, giving retreats, opening schools and rebuilding church buildings. You know, kind of a lot like St. Francis actually. Uh, He traveled always on foot and his labor almost miraculously, were all miraculously fruitful. You know, and he attributed this to the rosary. He wrote so many beautiful statements about the rosary. And um, because he, he understood that that was the key and the devotion to Mary that the Rosary signifies, so um, you know. But he was preaching during a difficult time, the time of the Jansenist heresy. You know, it's very harsh, morally rigorous movement. It denied God's mercy, quite frankly, and, or that the, the mercy was available to all, and it allowed infrequent, infrequent access to the sacraments, confession, Holy Communion. And it was looked upon, the the Eucharist was looked upon more as a reward rather than a remedy, you know. And this was condemned by the church, but it did greatly influence people of the time. And I think that's very appropriate as we are in a period of Eucharistic revival, working with the U.S. Catholic bishops on bringing about a Eucharistic revival in this country. Uh, in the world, I mean, it, it is exactly what is the, the, what the source and summit of our faith. It is, and so um, I think it's really very important to understand that. You know, uh, Saint Louis de Montfort founded two religious orders: the Daughters of Wisdom in 1703, and the Missionaries of the Company of Mary in 1715. As I said, he wrote a number of really influential books: "The Secret of the Rosary," "True Devotion to Mary," which we're going to dwell on more during the show. The Secret of Mary, and these are all based on his talks as he would give as he traveled throughout France. You know, his preaching drew souls to have a devotion to the Blessed Virgin, who is the devil's was and is the devil's greatest enemy and one that he fears the most. So he developed a 33-day preparation program leading to one to make a consecration to Jesus through Mary because as he taught, the closer you are to Mary, the closer you are to Jesus. He also taught that Mary is the quickest, surest, and most secure path to Jesus. He said something which I think very appropriate to these times. Uh, again, this is two year, 200 years before the messages of Fatima, and 300 or so years now. And he really spoke about, he said here, and this is a quote, he spoke about the souls that would be devoted to Mary and would be especially necessary to be the the greatest saints of the latter times, which in some ways were in the latter times, perhaps not the end of the world, but the latter times overall. He said, these great souls full of grace and zeal shall be chosen to match themselves against the enemies of God who shall range on all sides and they shall be singularly devoted to our blessed lady, illuminated by her light, strengthened with her nourishment, led by her spirit, supported by her arm and sheltered under her protection so that they will fight with one hand and rebuild with the other. Kind of beautiful. I think we need to strive to be those Latter-day Saints, not to become Mormons, but become the Latter-day Saints, as, as he spoke about St. Louis de Montfort did. Um, our apostolate, the World Apostolate of Fatima, Our Lady's Blue Army, has a number of, uh, a number of programs and initiatives going on right now, and I want to uh, bring in a special guest who will talk to us about that. Uh, Barb Ernster is, the, is our national coordinator and uh, director of communications for the World Apostle of Positive Fatima, and uh, I'd like to bring around on. Barb, uh, are you there? I'm here. Nice to be with you, welcome Dave. Yeah, welcome to the show. It's always great to work with you on these. Mm-hmm. And um, talking a little bit about St. Louis de Montfort, I hope I uh, gave a little bit of an overview of who this great saint was and, um, and how he, it is so appropriate today, the things he spoke about and directed us to.
3: I really believe we're living in his times when his works are flourishing. And I attribute a lot of that to St. John Paul too, but also to our lady Fatima who I, when she came in 1917, first thing she wanted was, you know, she wanted devotion to her Immaculate Heart. So God wanted devotion to her Immaculate Heart. So it feels to me like, um, I always say the Fatima message really fits perfectly within all the teachings of St. Louis de Montfort. And so they pair perfectly together. And um, that's why I feel he's a great saint who's guiding us as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that we have asked our leadership, particularly in this apostolate, to be consecrated to Our Lady through that prescription of St. Louis de Montfort, the, uh, the, the true devotion to Mary, the holy slavery that, that, that is talked about. And um, uh, we have a program going on right now that's that the, the preparation for that. And I wonder if you want to uh, tell a little bit about that.
3: Yes, this was a program um, brought to us by Clay Ministries. I think you had Teresa Gray on a couple of weeks ago, and she talked about yeah. this. But so we have a young couple from Canada, Ken and Janelle Yosinski, who created these 33 videos based on Sister Lucia's calls from the Message of Fatima, which has 33 chapters. And Lucia really is the apostle of the Immaculate Heart. So her writings teach us how it. What does it look like to live? daily as consecrated souls to the Immaculate Heart. And how do we maintain that devotion to her? How do we keep it front and center? Because many people will do a 33-day consecration, whatever program they choose, but they don't really think every day that, you know, how am I supposed to live this? And so the Fatima message really gives the prescription for how you are to live it daily. And the main one is to every day offer up your day. And make it holy sanctify your work by offering it to the lord and accepting and bearing patiently with all that he sends you in your day that's number 1 in fatima and of course she asked us for the daily rosary and she had told lucia had said the daily rosary is to help us it's the spiritual aid to help us fulfill that first request and saint louis de montfort he also asked for people to say daily the little office of mary i think at that time the rosary he and he was a big proponent of the rosary of course so so he, he wanted that daily prayer of the rosary as well. And then to wear something special that signifies your devotion to Mary. And of course, the Blue Army and the, the Fatima message calls us to wear a brown scapular as a sign of our entrustment to the Mac at heart. And so I think that the Fatima message teaches us how to live this devotion that we take on when we do a consecration and, to, and, and then we're, we're growing in sanctity, which the Three children of Fatima did grow very rapidly in holiness because of following this. So this Fatima program is based on Sister Lucia's calls from the message of Fatima. It's eight-minute videos a day that come to you by email, and then at the end of the 33 days, you've pretty much gone through her whole book. You've learned about the Fatima message. You're understanding this Fatima devotion to the Immaculate Heart, and then on the 34th day, we make a consecration together. So we started this on April 10th. We're going to make a consecration on May 13th, and then we'll do it again throughout the year. So if you go to our programs page at bluearmy.com, you can find the sign-up to the Fatima consecration. And even though we're 11 days into this first one, you can still sign up and you'll see the other videos. You can get caught up through these eight-minute videos. You can get caught up with us. But, of course, it's to teach people what Lucia was teaching us. And so that you understand when you do a consecration to Mary, what it looks like to live it every day.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think that, that's exactly, and you speak about Sister Lucia and how it's all based on her writings, because to be honest, this is, you know, she is the, the apostle of Fatima, and it's not to diminish the, the, the two younger saints, St. Saint Jacinta and St. Francisco, but, but she brought it through a lifetime.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. They
1: gave us examples of simple submission to the will of God, and that is so beautiful. Sister Lucia showed us how to live it over eighty-eight years after mm-hmm. the apparitions, and these the, these writings that are the basis of this lay this out. Mm-hmm. What did she do? She didn't go through eighty-eight years of bliss, right? We, we know that <laughs> she had many many trials. We you know we and of course the work we're doing publishing the books with. Sisters with whom she was, uh, you know, we we've got to know more and more. And you know, she had many many trials throughout her life, and it's just it, it's it's an amazing
3: an amazing life she actually lived. You know, and, and right.
1: The walls of the cloister.
3: And what made her, I think, will make her a saint someday, and possibly a doctor of the church, is her great devotion to obedience to God's will every day and seeking that every day, and her obedience to her superiors. I mean, she's a. I mean, those are that's a virtue that the Church looks for when they're looking at somebody's cause of canonization. And she certainly was always seeking God's will every day and and always following the will through her superiors and through the Church. And so she she really did have many, many struggles and many obstacles in her path, but she just kept going forward, always believing that it was God's providence that something was stuck or that wasn't—she just always— Trusted that God had a plan B, even if things weren't working out. So,
1: yes, yes, I think that's exactly, it. and I, I think one thing we really have to understand in this day and age, and it's and it, looking at, at the disruption that is all around society and in the church and everywhere, you know, we have to understand that the obedience of these people. You look at Sister Lucia, look at you know, you know, uh, Saint Padre Pio, and so many saints who had to bite their tongue and stand back uh, out of obedience. But by that, they grew so strong and their message became so much more powerful.
3: Well, and that's exactly what happened to St. Louis de Montfort. I mean, he was not very well liked um, by his by church authorities and he actually walked to Rome a thousand miles to go um, talk to Pope Clement and ask him, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this God's will? And he sent him back to France and said to keep going and but to always be obedient to the diocesan authorities. And so he did in right. his works I mean they he predicted they would flourish at a later time. He predicted his works would be lost, lost and and yeah. and then come back. And so they were found like in 1842, 100 years 100 and some years after his death yeah. and they were and, and then they started to flourish again. So I I always say God likes to work in 100-year increments. Uh, but he were, still re, he remained faithful to the work knowing that maybe the impact wasn't going to come for a long time and the same thing happened with St. Faustina. You know, she's given this great divine mercy mission and, and, and um, the message, and yet it wasn't going to come to fruition until long after her death.
1: Right, right. Well, Barb, we have to take a break. When we come back, I do want to talk more about that, that, that road to success, and it is obedience. David Carollo Mm -hmm. is sitting in today for Father Anthony on Winds of Change, Catholic Radio on AM 750 WNDZ.
2: St. Stanislaus Koska Academy. St. Stan's is an exceptional private elementary school in Chicago, serving preschool, age three and four, pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, kindergarten, and first grades. We incorporate Catholic values and rigorous academic social-emotional learning, Chinese, Spanish, STEM, and more providing our students with leadership and life skills to transform our world. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy is conveniently located one block north of Division on Noble, just off the Kennedy Expressway. To schedule your tour, visit ststandschicago.org. ststandschicago.org. I'm David Carollo, and you are listening to the Winds of Change. Sometimes it's tough to hear winds of change over the air, what with tall buildings, power lines, and other static. Now you can hear winds of change anywhere, anytime, or on any device. When winds of change is on the air Monday through Friday, noon to 1, go to ststandschurch.org. Scroll down to the winds of change tile and click on the listen live button. Or visit Winds of Change Facebook page to see the Listen Live link.
1: Welcome back. David Carollo sitting in today for Father Anthony on Winds of Change. And my guest is Barb Ernster. Uh, Barb, when we, when we left for a break, we were discussing, the I think, the foundation of the holiness of people like St. Louis de Montfort, like Sister Lucia and, and the other great saints, St. Saint Faustina, and that is obedience to their superiors. For direction, you know, um, a little bit. Maybe you want to touch a little bit on Sister Lucia's um, path because it ties in so much with this consecration and this path to consecration that we're talking about.
3: Right, and Sister Lucia, you know, she had her experiences with Our Lady at such a young age, at age ten, and I mean that second apparition when uh, in June of 1917, when Lucia realized that she was going to be remain on Earth. And be given this mission to spread the devotion to the Immaculate Heart. I mean, she had no clue what was being asked of her at that age. Just like I say, the apostles really didn't know what was going to be what was going to be put in their charge after Jesus died and, and, and rose and went to heaven again. And so, I mean, she was so young, and, and yet Our Lady had told her, "You know, my Immaculate Heart will be your your um, protection and the way that will lead you to God, your refuge." And she said she would never forsake her. And those are similar words that St. Louis de Montfort uses about Mary. And, you know, that she is, she is the sure path to Jesus. She's the secure path. She's not going to lead you any other way but to her son. And the more you're consecrated to Mary, the more you're consecrated to Jesus. And so Lucia um, starts with that comforting words from Our Lady. And she said she always remembered that through her whole life. That was a comfort to her. And, and kind of gave her strength to keep going it throughout all those years.
1: Sure. And she had a glimpse of heaven, obviously, through the apparitions and the later apparitions of Our Lady. And so, you know, it's almost like like uh, God is saying to the seers and to us, too, you know, is, is, you know, quit complaining. <laughs> you see what you're going to get in the end, okay? And right. I, I, I always think of the transfiguration when they are up on the mount, and he says, don't relay this to anybody, But they saw, I mean, they saw the glorified Lord, they saw Moses, Elijah, and, you know, I mean, I I guess, in a way, how could you see something like that and not understand the magnitude of what you're involved in?
3: Right. And the reward that will come. Yes. yes. And that's faith, of course. mm
0: -hmm. Not,
1: Not everybody has that gift of faith to really understand and see it, but... That's what we have to pray for. And I think that, you know, that's why St. Louis de Montfort was such a strong, strong advocate of the rosary. And he, um, uh, he I mean, some of his quotes on the rosary are, are, are very amazing. And I, I like that because Sister Lucia made so many, as did, you know, so many other saints in history. But there's one long quote that I really like, and I think it can be, uh, you know, cons- consolation to people who really feel that they have just done so much and they, they're going to have so much to come back for it says here, he says, even are on the brink of damnation, even if you have one foot in hell, even if you have sold your soul to the devil as sorcerers and do and practice black magic, even if you're a her- an heretic as obstinate as a devil, sooner or later you will be converted and will amend your life and will save your soul. If, and mark well what I say, if you say the rosary devoutly every day until death for the purpose of knowing the truth, And obtaining contrition and pardon for your sins that's that's a powerful statement
3: Mm -hmm. because
1: he's saying he's saying no matter you know and our lord says i mean forgiveness is there for all of us you know you know sins are very forgivable and Mm -hmm. and and, you know especially the way we're tempted especially in this world today where we're we're just so inundated with evil Mm
3: -hmm. and
1: and i think it it is I, i i find those words very very comforting
3: Yes, and, and it was during a time when the, when the Jansenist heresy was going on, which was taught a completely different message of, you know, that mercy wasn't available to all, and you had to earn your communion. You had to show this rigorous moral lifestyle, and, you know, yet he's teaching this mercy, this, you know, forgiveness of sins, and he taught also, he mainly went to the poor, the, 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 the simple people in the rural areas. I mean, he taught the uneducated. And so that was his mission to reach those types of people. And he even talks about these latter times when these souls who will be especially devoted to Mary will be not esteemed in the world. They're the people that are under the radar. And so he was out, his, his preaching even today, and even Our Lady, she comes to three simple shepherd children in Fatima, gives this great mission to little children so there's always, you know, we, we, we sometimes feel like well we don't do great things, but these are the ones that God is working through and Mary is calling, the ones that will have you know, this great we'll do great things because of what she's giving us, the rosary and our holy communions and daily masses and things like that. sure.
1: sure. And when you think of Saint Bernadette, of course the Fatima Children, Saint Faustina, Juan Diego San Juan Diego these were these people that they had no no status in the world
0: mm-hmm. and
1: i think that's exactly what that again humility humility is the key to understanding and belief and it's the key to salvation and and, and unless we become humble we're not going to be there you know mm-hmm. we have to you know it's it's pride is what brought sin to, you know to the to the angels it brought sin into our our race you know truly adam and eve and it's humility that brought us back, brings us back. Mm-hmm. The humility of Christ Himself. Look at how humble his life was, how right. inconsequential it appeared to so many, which is why those in authority could not accept him. Mm-hmm. This, this simple man, a carpenter, or, you know, just the itinerant preacher, I guess we would call him, you know, was bringing the message. Shiri sure, he, 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 he accompanied it with miracles and those types of things, but but it just didn't. It didn't click. It didn't. It didn't work with the preconceived notions that they had of who the savior would be.
3: Right. And
1: I. And I think you know we have the same thing today, really, Barb. I mean, you look at our world. How people, you know, we're so educated. We've educated ourselves out of reality. Uh, you know, we're we're are, we're, are we educated? Or are we indoctrinated? I don't know. What's the best way to put yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's really the truth. We're indoctrinated by a world. We're 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 intoxicated even by a world that has got a, a totally different ethos. And it's, uh, and, and I think, you know, again, you look at the saints like St. Louis de Montfort and you 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 learn to be grounded. That's why the whole foundation of true devotion to Mary is you give everything to her. You, mm-hmm. you, you consecrate everything to to Jesus through Mary and you give her everything, even your, your uh, I was always, I had a great devotion for, for I still do, Uh, to St. Gabriel, the sorrowful mother from Italy. I first time went to his shrine in Italy 30 or maybe 40 years ago and uh, always had him. And he said he lived, Our Lady's, uh, St. de Montfort's consecration, uh, better than any saint. Okay, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. That's how they they proclaim it because he, he gave even his sainthood to her. Yeah. To use, okay, for the promotion of devotion to her, to her immaculate heart, you know, to this, this holy slavery that we're, you know, we're told about, that we, Mm -hmm. that we, that we told about what we, what we follow. And I I think that is really, you know, uh, there are many saints that have done this. And, uh, and to Montfort, now, of course, we, we worked uh, with, uh, and do work with the Montfort Fathers, Um, and maybe speak a bit about some of those programs, Father Gillespie and the things we put together, and his talks, Uh, and how he brings in de Montfort's uh, theories and and his his spirituality.
3: Yeah, Father Hugh Gillespie is from the Company of Mary. Um, He's located in Long Island. He kind of brought, republished um, St. Louis de Montfort's um, preparation for total consecration to Jesus through Mary. And this was, at one time, people will maybe remember, it was an orange book, I believe, a little orange book. And then they republished it. And he's a internationally known retreat master, so he's an expert on Saint Louis de Montfort and this whole consecration program. I always like to direct people to Saint Louis de Montfort's 33-day preparation because you're going to be learning from the master himself, and he it just goes so deep. And so we did five a five-part series with Father Hugh um, on the devotion to the Immaculate Heart, um, showing how the Fatima children and the Fatima message encompasses this consecration to Jesus through Mary in three ways, um, by teaching us adoration, how to do reparation, and then consecration. And so the five-part series is called The Immaculate Heart of Mary, Hope for the World. It's available on our bluearmy.com Vimeo platform, but you can just go to our programs page and you'll you'll have a link to the videos as well as a study guide that goes with the videos. So they're 30-minute videos. You can do them in five parts. Um, you can study from the study guide, learn a little more, and then there's some discussion questions at the end. And this is available for free at our website at slash programs
1: Yeah, I, I want to say a little aside. If you recall, when we filmed those, uh, was filmed at our at our Blessed Sacrament Chapel in New Jersey in the winter. And we had a malfunction in our heating system so but everybody sat through all those talks they were freezing
3: <laughs> their yeah.
1: noses were cold but they didn't they didn't move I mean they, they sat to her every word <laughs> he had to say I'll never forget that <laughs> but, but he did it he did such a beautiful job I myself could I, I didn't want to even walk out for a moment it
3: was, right you know, and on. he it was talked cool about man. the different levels of consecration too you know the mm-hmm. The, the first level would be to be asking for Mary's protection of yourself and your family praying to her for protection under her immaculate heart and so that's a very simple way to consecrate yourself to her every day and then you know as you grow deeper in the the devotion and in the total consecration you're you're starting to give more and more to her you're you're taking your treasure and, and everything about you and you're handing it to her like he I think he used the analogy of say you, you have a million dollars in the bank and you're going to hang on to that you're going to direct what's going to happen to it but when you get to that total consecration you're giving it over to her the million dollars and saying here you take this and go do with it what you please i mean that's when you're letting go of everything and you're you're not trying to control it anymore you're giving it all to her for however she's going to use it for the sake of souls and for her son
1: And, and, and you're never going to be left behind i made a joke at a talk i gave um during 2016 during the year of mercy we had a door at the blue army shrine uh door of mercy and i said i'm going through there every morning okay to make sure (laughs) and try to get that plenary indulgence if i live up to everything and uh but then i thought you know by my consecration to our lady i have to give it to her and she can use and i hope i hope that those merits were gained and they were used to save souls okay Mm -hmm. Um, but then i said you know i sure hope that if i'm going to die today she'll preserve this one for me Okay, (laughs) you know we we hope for, but you know that goes without saying. You are going to be taken care of if you if you go with that much charity, which is what the Fatima message truly is about. It's living lives of charity, working for the salvation of souls. And if you do that, you know you're never going to be left behind. I mean, anybody who thinks they are really does not have the faith necessary to be to really be devotees of Our Lady. Uh, we're going to take a little break here, Barb. When we come back, I'm going to follow up a little more on these on these things. Uh, David Carollo sitting in today for Father Anthony on Winds of Change, Catholic Radio on AM 750 WNDZ. St. Stanislaus
2: Kostka, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy, is open 24 hours a day, seven days per week, for adoration of the Blessed Sacrament in the iconic monstrance. The Blessed Sacrament is reposed during the celebration of Mass and during special events. St. Stan's doors are always open for adoration. Come anytime, day or night. St. Stan's is located two blocks north of Division on Noble, right off the of Kennedy. Visit ststanschurch.org. We
0: are the students of St. Stan's La Costa Academy.
2: Your children can join them for face-to-face classroom instruction. Visit ststans, Chicago. to find out how.
0: And you're listening to The Winds of Change.
2: St. Stanislaus Koska Academy. St. Stan's is an exceptional private elementary school in Chicago, serving preschool, age three and four, pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, kindergarten, and first grades. We incorporate Catholic values and rigorous academic social-emotional learning, Chinese, Spanish, STEM, and more providing our students with leadership and life skills to transform our world. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy is conveniently located one block north of Division on Noble just off the Kennedy Expressway. To schedule your tour, visit ststandschicago.org, ststandschicago.org.
1: David Carolla is sitting in today for Father Anthony on Winds of Change. And my guest today is Barb Ernster, who is the Communications Director and National Coordinator now for the World Apostle of Fatima for the Blue Army. Uh, I, of course, am the Executive Director, and we work regularly together on on so many of these programs. And uh, Barb, uh, one of the things uh, that I want to talk about is, you know, these levels of consecration. Okay, you know, Mm -hmm. for example, you know, okay, so if we have an attitude, we're going to do just enough. To get in the door of heaven, there's a good chance we're not going to make it, you know. Uh, but yeah. you know, but if we truly want to achieve the highest possible level of sanctity that we can, God's going to give you that opportunity most likely, you know, mm-hmm. through the work we do, and 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 on and on. God's going to throw more things, and the devil's going to throw more, you know, obstacles in your path. But um, uh, can you speak a little bit to that? We, we maybe discuss, you know, I mean, we're looking at our lady, we seek our lady's protection under her mantle. But how do we know? I mean, we have to keep trying to grow and grow. And I do believe that by practicing these devotions, the devotions that St. Louis de Montfort put out there, we're on that path. hmm. You know, um, you, you, you,
3: yeah. And, you know, it's a. If you do the 33-day program of Saint Louis de Montfort, the first weekend, the first week of the program is to be examining yourself and kind of becoming more self-aware of who you are and gaining in self-knowledge of your where you're at spiritually and you know um, who you are as a person. And then you then you study for a week on Mary, who she was, what was her faith, what was her trust, and why you know why was she so able and willing to say yes to anything God asked of her, and she was that complete peace, even to the end, you know, when she stood at the cross, knowing that, you know, she I, she wasn't given a, a vision of what was going to happen next. She had to stand there faithfully, unable to do anything about it. And so you learn more about Mary, and then you, then you learn about Jesus in the last week, so that by the time you're going to make your consecration, you've gained some self-knowledge, you're understanding Mary, you're understanding Jesus, and you've learned what this is going to look like. And of course, it's it's easy to say the prayer of the consecration. It's hard to maintain it. It's hard to keep struggling to grow in that holiness. And that's why I believe the Fatima message helps give you that daily and that monthly practice. And as Lucia said, you know, the, the, the brown scapular and the, um, Rosary are the aids that will help you to maintain that daily cross, to maintain that ba- daily obedience to God's will, to always be seeking Him in your life. And any saint, all the teachings from Saint Ignatius Loyola, Saint Therese, um, Saint Teresa of Avila—they're all directing you to that daily yes to God and that trust, that total trust. And so you're gaining, and you're, you're gaining in trust that everything that's happening in your life, God's got control God's in in charge and there's a reason for it I think that's really hard for us that's what was that's what was broken in the garden uh, the trust in God and so we're always trying to repair that so all of these programs lead you into that deeper trust in God where you can approach him with confidence you can approach your day with confidence and I'm telling you, I'm I'm still working on this this is not you never really achieve it you know it's you're always having to work on it, but in the Fatima message, too, we're asked to do that monthly First Saturday devotion, which Lucia Lucia said was a renewal of that consecration, the renewal of your yes to God. And so, in these levels of consecration, where you're reaching that total totus tuus as John Paul II did, you know he said he had to read Saint Louis de Montfort's works twice before he really started to understand what this meant, and then he took on as his papal model. Told us, too, is totally yours, and so and look at what he achieved in his life. I mean, and he himself prayed that 15 decade rosary every day. I mean, Saint Louis de Montfort. They said that he touched many, many souls and many people converted because of him, which he attributed to that rosary. You know, so that's our spiritual aid. That's our power in our hands, and it's not what we're doing. And we always kind of take it upon ourselves that I have to do better. I have to. I have to do. I have to. I have to. I have to. I have to what we're trying to learn is that God is going to do it. We just have to show up every day and be faithful.
1: Well, that's true. And, and another of his quotes again about the rosary, you know, and it's right in what we're talking about. The greatest saints, those richest in grace and virtue, virtue, will be the most assiduous in praying to the most blessed virgin, looking up to her as the perfect model to imitate and as a powerful helper to assist them. Knowing he knew that that his his successes were not coming from him. Mm-hmm. But he always asked our lady to, you know, to to and and, and and this is this is very common of the of saints, that they would they're asking, you know, they're they're asking God, they're asking the intercessors with God, our lady and other saints of course, you know, to help me become holier. Bring me closer, and I think that's really the the, the key, to what we have to do, especially as members of this apostolate. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, we we've made a commitment. Those twenty or so million people that have signed that pledge, uh, you know, what, what does that pledge ask for? Okay, you know, just devotion. It asks you to. I think if I recall the, uh, I do recall the conversation that our founder John Hafford had with Sister Lucia when she asked about. You know, what does our lady want? Or he asked, what does our lady want the most? And she said, recitation of the rosary. And her response was, she wants people to become holy. Right. Okay. And that's really what it comes down to. We have to continue to work towards holiness. Um, I mean, we, you know, that's why we, that's, again, like I say, why we get up in the morning. You know, we pray. We pray for ourselves. Certainly, that's our first obligation is to save ourselves. Uh, but you save yourself by helping others. And that pardon prayer, which is, I think, our mission statement, as I like to call it, you know, my God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. And I beg pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. That says a lot. Mm -hmm. We are there to help bring people in. Okay, so we've been given a grace. This isn't that we are sitting on some high pedestal here. The reality is we are, you know, we were given a gift of this knowledge and of this ability and, and, and to even put us in a position where we can promote this. And, um, you know, this 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 is not this didn't come from us. So we mm-hmm. you know, we want to don't want to hurt our arms by patting ourselves on the back too much for all the great work we're doing. I mean, it was, you know, we've been given the knowledge and given the venue. And, you know, the, it's just, this is very state radio show is a perfect example of it. We are here to talk about it, hopefully get more people to come in, sign this pledge. Become a member of this apostolate, you know, and join join this many many people who for 75 years have been you know promoting have been living first and foremost living the message of Fatima, and then promoting it.
3: Yes, and when you do sign the pledge, you're you're joining an apostolate. You're becoming a member of millions of other people around the world who are living this and making a commitment to say yes to Mary. It's the same message that Saint Louis de for priests say yes to Mary. Um, I don't think he used that little term, but, um, you know, it, <clears throat> it's giving ourselves to her so that we can be more perfectly uh, formed by her and in her immaculate heart so we can better serve Jesus. And, you know, St. Louis de Montfort said, basically, you know, this is a renewal of your baptismal b- vows when you make a consecration. Mm-hmm. You're, you're saying, again, you know, before we were baptized, we were slaves of the devil. He's saying you're going to be a slave of Jesus Christ. And, you know, so that's that's what we're attempting to do by this consecration. And it's hard sometimes for people to grasp what does this mean, but really if you're just putting it into practice every day through this Fatima message, it you just start to live it, and you'll notice that you're growing in holiness. You're growing in sanctity. So yes,
1: yes, yes. And even when you think you're getting farther away from God, you are in reality getting closer. It was once explained to me that, that the closer you get to the light, the more you see your imperfections. <laughs> so, yep. <laughs> that's truly what it is. I mean, we are, you know, we, have, we do come uh, closer to God. And, and that's why uh, we, we, we have to, you know, we want people to, you know, oh, to join our apostolate, okay, so we can show our numbers, so we can get more donations. No, that, that's not what it's about. You know, those things will come as a result of it. But what we need to do is have people understand the importance of, of living, learn, live, and then spread the message of Fatima. Because the message of Fatima is nothing more than a reiteration of the Gospels. That's what a mm-hmm. lady asked us. You know, I said, people are not living in accord with the rules of the Church, with what has been passed down to us. We need to be committed to bringing people back to that.
3: Yes, and you know, one of the effects, the, the effects of this devotion that St. Louis de Montfort talks about is that you will have the light of the Holy Spirit in you and you will be able to see yourself in a more clear light. And so you will understand your own corruption. And and you're not that you're standing accused before God, but he's letting you see it for a reason, because sometimes you just fall to your knees and say, boy, I needed a savior because I can't I can't stand looking at myself, you know? And you know how hard it is to to always be growing in holiness? And as you said, as you're getting closer to God, you're seeing more and more. That's why so many of the great saints saw themselves as just little worms. You know, they called themselves these these derogatory terms that we'd say, gosh, why would they think of themselves like that? But they just felt like they were little worms squirming before this great God because they were starting to see themselves in this great light. That's one of the effects
1: if you start seeing if you truly you know one of the things of move, of advancing in holiness is understanding the magnitude of God i believe you know and so i mean it's i mean just look at the uh, look at the structure of the world look at everything you know this it's it's almost it's amazing <laughs> it's amazing what we have you know just look at just look at your 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 own human body uh, that you mm-hmm. know the functions of a body i mean to create something like that you know um the uh, You know, you look at an animal, anything. You get a little, you know, a, a child is born, an animal is born. You look at them. You can't build something like that. Right. You know? and so, so, I mean, the, the, the immense, the magnitude of God and what he can do. And, 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 and it's just, it, it is amazing. And I think, you know, maybe the, the more you open your mind to that and, and, is, and, and ask him to truly show you that magnitude, which is something you will seek. And, and you know what? Once that happens, when you truly understand it, you don't want to be separated from it. And that's probably the surest avenue to heaven. Mm-hmm. You do not want to be separated from God. You know, you get to understand it. We say that fear, fear of God can get you to heaven. It probably can, I believe, you know, because fear can maybe keep you out of sin. But the love of God, once you, once you really want to learn and you really understand what heaven is all about and what our, our natural uh, you know, um, creation has been, what we were created for, once you understand that, you just want to keep seeking it more and more.
3: Right, and, and and the thing is, too, I like to make the comparison of, you know, people like to mock confession, and and but, you know, really, the joy of being forgiven, and there's so many parables in the Gospels about the prodigal son, uh, peop- the woman who found the lost coin, and she's jumping for joy, The you know, all the, the times when Jesus forgave, and they were filled with joy and peace, but what is the world giving us today? Is we're always standing accused, we're always being accused of something, and there's no forgiveness. Boy, once you've done something against what the secular culture and the state is telling you is is the way to think nowadays, you are you're just cancelled. And so there's no forgiveness. Everybody's preaching tolerance, but they don't forgive. And so the, we're in a grip of fear. We're in a grip of almost a demonic grip of fear of being cancelled or being targeted and really crucified in the public square. Um, because there's no forgiveness, so there's no joy oh. in what's going on, and that is
1: the demonic
3: position. Okay,
1: right. And this is when you're when you to accuse you, so you think, look, I've done so much. There's no way I'm going to be forgiven. Let me just go on in despair, and that's it. The sin of Judas. You know, it really is. yeah. You're you know, always you to... accused. You're yeah. always always accused. Absolutely. And so, yeah.
3: yeah. Anyway. So with yeah. this with this program of devotion. And part of it is a monthly confession. Well, you're you're seeing the light more. You're you're drawing closer to God because He's always going to be there for you. He's never going to forsake you, and neither is the Blessed Mother. So there's just such a difference in how you can peacefully go through the world and all that's happening with peace, because you're always forgiven. You're always loved. There's always a pathway back. You're, you know, so that's the difference in what the world is bringing compared to what these you know this devotion and what our Lord wants to bring us. Sure, sure.
1: Well, Barb, we have to take one more break here. When we come back, I want to touch on a little more of the real definitions of consecration, not only of individuals, but how we, you know, uh, how we promote this, okay? Anyway, Dave Carollo is sitting in today for Father Anthony on the Winds of Change on Catholic Radio on AM 750
2: WNDZ. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy. St. Stan's is an exceptional private elementary school in Chicago, serving preschool age three and four pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, and first grades. We incorporate Catholic values and rigorous academic, social-emotional learning, Chinese, Spanish, STEM, and more, providing our students with leadership and life skills to transform our world. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy is conveniently located one block north of Division on Noble, just off the Kennedy Expressway. To schedule your tour, visit ST Stans, Chicago. Dot org. S-t stands dot O-R-G. I'm David Carollo,
1: and you are listening to the Winds of Change.
2: How long has it been since you have been to church? Busy schedule, work, or just lost interest? To be Catholic is not just merely attending Mass as just another weekend activity to be checked off the to do list. Participation in the sacred liturgy gives you the opportunity to be intimately connected to Christ through the whole Eucharist. You can also cleanse yourself of sin through the Sacrament of Reconciliation as a baptized Catholic. Come before the iconic monstrance to be in Christ's presence in the sacred silence of the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy. St. Stanislaus Koska Church is open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. St. Stan's is just off the Kennedy, two blocks north of Division on Noble. Come back
1: to Christ through the sacred liturgy and his gift of the sacraments at St. Stan's welcome back david carollo sitting in for father anthony today and my guest is barb ernster from the, the uh, national coordinator and communications director for the world Deposit of fatima for the blue army and um yeah barb as we were we were talking of course about consecration and um obviously the the, the st louis de montfort in that formula but the idea of consecration and the re, and the and the, re, the need to renew consecration i think is very important because again, we go back to this this uh, idea that once we fall, oh well, we blew it. But you know, we renew consecration. Even we fail, we fail in our lives many times, but we come back with that idea that these consecrations, we keep renewing it, and it brings back that 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 grace and that that mm-hmm. that feeling, you know. Um, so I would like to touch on that a little bit. What is your your take on how people have to look at their consecrations and bigger consecrations that were made, like, for example, the consecration that Pope Francis did in in 2022 of Ukraine and Russia, and then again, wanted to renew it a year later. Mm -hmm. I really believe this is important, to always renew consecration.
3: Yes. Yes, because the renewal kind of brings you back. It, 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 It centers you again. And, you know, Pope Francis wasn't saying the consecration didn't work, but You know, the renewal is another act of faith and turning it over to the Blessed Mother. We're we're putting our trust in her that she's going to do something with this. We're giving it over to her. We're giving over to her the conflict in Russia and Ukraine for the sake of peace in the world. What I always like to say to people, we don't know what might have happened in the past year had Pope Francis and all the bishops and all the people that gathered together on that one day, at that one moment, on March 25th, and made a consecration For the sake of peace, there might we might have been in a nuclear war by now. We don't know what was avoided because of this consecration. So, in calling for a renewal, he's bringing us back to recall we're putting our trust in the Blessed Mother to keep peace in the world. And Jesus had told Sister Lucia, you know that. that, And and I know that um, Saint Jacinta said we are to seek, we are to ask the Immaculate Heart for peace because it has been entrusted to her. And Jesus Himself said that to Lucia later too. That. The peace of the world has been entrusted to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And so we're in dangerous times, so this consecration, I believe, was very powerful. It was an act of faith of the whole Church coming together, giving it over to Mary, who's, going, who's the masterpiece of grace, and she's going, to, she's going to do something with that. And when we renew our own personal consecration... Which um, I always forget which days I because I've done it several times <laughs> the thirty three days um, and I like to go through the thirty three days every once in a while just to remind myself what you know how deep does this go and where am I at and you know it it renews your, your strength it renews your resolve to keep going it strengthens us to keep going and that's one thing we all need all the way to the end is perseverance and one of the right. things in our, our, I just want to mention one more thing in our our latest issue of Soul. A young mother wrote about trying to get her family to go to a consecration and she said she finally just realized it might take them fifty four days to get through it instead of thirty three and it was okay to just keep going and pick up where you left off and and keep going. So
1: we are imperfect people living in an imperfect world. So yes, you're right. I mean it doesn't and so we cannot get too too crazy about missing a mark. I found, uh, I made my consecration on the Feast of St. Joseph, which I think is great because I know it's a feast day and I can remember it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Now I don't always remember the preparation period before, but but I do remember that that was the day of the consecration and I mm-hmm. think that's that's important. I mean, it, it, you just wanna say, okay, look, I haven't lived up to it, now I'm going to. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: And I think we, and that's, that's really what, that's what the message is. That's what the Catholic message is. That's why we have the sacraments, why we have confession. So we walk in there, and I, I was always taught uh, to go as often as you can. Because even mm-hmm. if you don't have a mortal sin on your soul, you still get the grace of the sacrament, for one. Uh, you, 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 know, you get the, the forgiveness of your venial sins, and the venial sins are monumental. I think mm-hmm. if you look at, you know, if you really were able to, and that's something we I, I maybe have to ask God for is the grace you ask Our Lady, show me, and she will do it as you as you are consecrated, and you ask for that higher and higher level of, of sanctity. You're going to see the littlest things you do that really are not—they're sinful. They may not be again; they're not, you know, they're not destroying your sanctifying grace, but they certainly are 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 creeping you away from God.
3: Yeah, and one of the effects again that Saint Louis- Montfer talks about with this devotion is that you'll be given a portion of the Blessed Mother's faith. Well, her faith yeah, is so wow. perfect, and ours is always imperfect. Ours is always struggling. Ours is always doubtful. And ours is always impacted by the many venial sins that can become these entrenched habits that keep us constantly having to to confession. But really, that's when you start to see these defects of character that um, you, you might not see them otherwise. And so part of confession is to shine that light where it needs to be shined because God wants us to use our time on earth to, be a, to become perfected. We can't be perfected if we can't see where we're imperfect. So, you know, and then uh, so one of the effects of this is to be given a portion of Mary's faith.
1: Yes. yes, very true. I mean, you, know, you you ask for the vision to see where, you know, where your imperfections are. And then at first you want to see them. And then show me how I solve them. You know, yeah. How do I, how do I come back? How, how do I, you know, you know, correct these things that are, because mm-hmm. okay, look, you know, the the Fatima message is about reparation and conversion, right? Conversion. Mm-hmm. Now, conversion is something that will, will go on if we're, if we're working at it through our lifetime, but then, you know, we still have to finish it off most likely in purgatory. Mm-hmm. So, so our, our, our. Our, our journey to heaven you know, begins here if we accept it and obviously if we work towards it. And I don't know. I don't know if, if very many people leave this world without going to purgatory, to tell you the truth, right. to kind of wipe off the dust before we can go to heaven. And I think the more you really try to understand and learn and how you do learn more about God and that light and you become closer, you see, you see more and more how imperfect you are. Mm-hmm. And how much more you have to work towards it and i think that's really what we what we, we try to what we're trying to promote here in this apostolate you know i mean there's conversion that's why people say well you know the fatima message isn't about prayers for the souls in purgatory it's about prayers for people on earth well you know devotion to the souls in purgatory gives you the grace to understand you know you pray to them i always say we invite all angels and saints in heaven all guardian angels and patron saints and all the poor souls in purgatory to join us in our prayers. Because these people, if they've made it to purgatory, as much as they're suffering, they're better off than we are in reality. And, right. you know, they've, they've attained salvation. Now, you ask that person, okay, I have a particular sin that I have trouble overcoming. I'm praying to you, I don't know who you are, who has overcome that same sin, show me how to do it. Show me how you did it. You know, and and direct me so I can become holy enough to be a, a, one of the elect.
3: Well, and I like to point out that Saint Louis de Montfort—he seems like such a humble soul. You think of him walking everywhere, walking, walking, walking. He lived in this great poverty, and he just, you know, did this great teaching. And he's yeah. one of our late Latter Day Saints that we look to today. But he struggled with anger. That was one of his faults. He was crabby. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, I you always think that these great yeah. saints had to get over the sins as well, and they had to struggle against themselves. And so, yeah. and a lot, I, you know, when you hear about a saint that had a particular fault, um, you know, then, then they're more real to us. They're not, right. Right. Exactly. you know, we, we can have distorted views of saints as well, but they are, they're like us. They're struggling. They persevered. They had to overcome it. So. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I look at, uh, I always look at St. Peter because I relate very well to his, impetuous nature and saint thomas the apostle because that is my confirmation name by the way That mm-hmm. uh, you know my wife said it's a perfect name for me because i
3: i doubt everything
1: well here's I don't, one
3: don't, of the uh, effects dave one of the effects of right. this consecration according to saint Louis montfort is great confidence in god and mary <laughs> yeah, sure. great confidence Absolutely. that um that you'll you won't be approaching Jesus by yourself, but always with Mary, and that That's right. you know. I think Francisco, the little Saint Francisco Marto, a, achieved that. He had such great confidence in God when he approached the tabernacle and prayed, he did. and he did. to the point that he told one lady, "When I get to heaven, I'll ask God." And the day that he died was the day her prayer was answered.
1: Ah, amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. yeah. It's just uh, yeah, it's the beauty of those little souls. Yeah, and,
3: mm-hmm
1: unless you become as a little child, our Lord said, and not childish, but childlike in your faith, you know, to understand, and that's confidence, That that's having confidence, a child has confidence in their mother,
0: okay? mm-hmm. you
1: know, uh, that's how it works, that's how, that's how creation is made, better be, you know, a child, a, a mother and her baby, you know, an animal and their puppies or kittens or whatever, I mean, you see how they cling to that, to that mother in their early days of life, because that's what it is, and, you know, we can't stop clinging. I mean, mm-hmm. I, and I, if I'm on the right road here today, to a great degree, it's, it's the prayers of my mother and of course my father, but, but, you know, they were a good example, but, but, you know, my mother would, would be willing and you know, when she saw things that weren't right, you know, she didn't, she wasn't that anxious and having, uh, you know, a, a pleasant dinner. She wanted to, she wanted to say what had to be said. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, time always goes fast when we do this. Barb, thank you for being uh, with me today on the show. Uh, For more information on our work, please go to bluearmy.com. And there are many, many resources to bring you to our apostolate and hopefully to a better understanding of St. Louis de Montfort and the Fatima message. Thank you.